Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Web University Radio, WGWG.org. I'm Noel T. Manning II with my good buddy, Mr. Adam Long, and we're talking movies right here on WGWG.org. You can also find us on Facebook. Uh, look for us there. You can find uh, Adam at uh, focusnewspaper.com, and uh, we've got uh, SoundCloud links off of our website, WGWG.org where you can find archives of previous shows as well. So it's on-demand programming uh, right at your fingertips. You can download them. If you want to go out for a run, listen to us jabber and, uh, and, and talk good and bad about movies as we see fit. Hey, buddy. How you doing there? Yeah. How are you? It's been I'm way awesome. too long. I'm awesome. Yeah, it, it sure has, man. It sure has. A lot, of, a lot of life going on, getting in the way of us uh, chatting uh, for this show sometimes. So uh, that happens. That does happen. But uh, yeah. life life happens, my friend. Life happens. Yes, that it does. That it does. Well, dude, so, a lot uh, a lot going on in the world of movies. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you and I last uh, hung out together um, at the uh, I guess it was the Batman Superman screening a few weeks ago, and um, you know I knew that it was have a, would have a huge opening weekend, and I I was talking to several people. I said, you know, I think this is going to have a really really big drop on weekend two. Um, I think from a fan's perspective, especially from a critic's perspective, a lot of, our, a lot of us critics got a chance to spend some time talking uh, about it, and uh, it was really a mixed bag um, with, with reviews. I mean, it was kind of split. There were some that loved it, some that hated it, uh, some that were kind of in the middle, and it was kind of one of those interesting films uh, from a superhero standpoint when we were you know, smack dab in the middle of, of really superhero mania from a filmmaking standpoint, uh, you know, there's there's no there's been no other time in the history of film that we've seen this many um, superhero or comic book based films created and planned and scheduled, you know, for the next decade out. And uh, yeah. you know, it's you're gonna have uh, once in a while you're gonna have some that are just really bad that that everybody kind of agrees across the board. But this is one of those, Adam, that, that like I said, it's a mixed bag. Now, I, I said, we, we talked about it dropping that second weekend. It did. It dropped almost 70% uh, for that second weekend, which is a huge, huge drop. And, uh, and, and one that, uh, you know, that, that really is not the kind of drop you want to have. No, it's not. It's not. And uh, once the word got out on this puppy, you know, that's what happened. I mean, we... We well, you know, I didn't have high expectations for it. I'm not a Zack Snyder fan, the director of the film. He's just not my favorite filmmaker. He just reminds me of a fanboy that uh, never grew past the fanboy stage. You know, as uh, most of us mature and grow into adults, and and this hey, guy. Hey, speak like speak he, for yourself, man. Speak for yourself. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I'm kind of in that. Uh, I I have some immature tendencies at times myself. I'll I'll be the first one to. That I can be childlike too, but this guy—I mean, when it comes to filmmaking, you—you you have to—you you can't just be the, the fanboy. You've got to be able to tackle the adult themes as well. The 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 human element is what I'm getting at. And this guy—he just—he's you know—he's all about the the superhero element, but not the human element. That's what he's all about. And and plus, it doesn't have it, it doesn't help that this movie is just the most overstuffed superhero film that we've seen. Oh, I, I don't know. I, might, yeah. I think it may take the cake. I counted eight subplots yep. when we yep. saw it. There were at least eight and maybe more. I, I think I might have lost count. I mean, you've got Doomsday. You've got Wonder Woman. You've got the Batman origin story. You've got the Superman Lois story. You've got the story of the Daily Planet going on. 
Uh, and those are just a few. Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Then, then you, you know, throw in uh, these other uh, meta-human aspects of that are planting the seeds for the Justice League, and uh, yeah, that's right. A lot and going the terrorist on. group. Don't forget oh, about yeah. them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, there, there, there's just too much going on. You you need to pare this thing down, and uh, it, it just that's part of the problem. Yep. Is is the movie has, uh, and and I will admit that it held my attention for a little while. The first hour was fairly compelling. Because uh, you, you were curious to see where it was going to go, and then the last hour, the bottom just kind of dropped out, and it it it, it uh, fell apart and went south in a way, in the same way that most of uh, the Man of Steel did during its entire running time. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. like the worst aspects of Man of Steel. They drudged him right out for the last hour of that movie with the terrible special effects and. Oh, and, man. and this is something you and I were talking about yep. after the screening. We were standing out in the. Uh, in the, in the lobby out there, and and you and I had both were, were just uh, marveling at how in 38 years that special effects technology was better with 1978 Superman the movie directed by Richard Donner. Yeah. And yeah. I mean we're not we're not trying to be old fogies here by mm. saying that. I mean no. you, I mean no. they really are. These practical effects are much better than what they're doing with this digital trickery with yeah. these computers and all of their. All of the computer magic that they have at their fingertips—just—it looks like a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, the, you know the fight choreography; those kind of things worked well. I thought uh, Ben Affleck did a did a yeah. fine job as uh, as Batman and Bruce Wayne. I mean, as mm-hmm. a you know, as this aging you know guy who has seen it all, and he's seen death, yeah. and he's seen mayhem, and um, you know he's human. So he's kind of the connection with us, mm-hmm. but he is trained and trained and trained to be this this guy who's not really a superhero. He doesn't have any kind of superpowers. Uh, he's just a smart guy who is really uh, strong and uh, and agile for someone you know approaching fifty years of age. And um, you know, so Affleck I think did a great job um, as Batman, kind of coming in when everybody was like, "Oh gosh, come on, Affleck, you got." You know, you, you you got everybody loving on the Christopher Nolan stuff, and I was one of those. But you know, I said, look, I said it's a different it's a different kind of Batman. Give him a chance, and I think that worked. Um, the fight choreography worked. I, actually, I did like um, Wonder Woman as well. I think the introduction of her character was was done well. But I think if they'd stayed away from trying to introduce the other ones through the cameos in which they did, um, yeah, I, I think it would have it would have helped. Um, you, you and I both dead on with the special effects, man. I mean, the special effects for Doomsday were some of the worst I've seen in quite a while. I mean, I almost laughed. I almost, you know what I felt like, Adam? I felt like I was watching a rough cut for a movie during that scene. Going, yeah. you know, see, and seeing uh, something scroll across the bottom, effects to be fixed later. That's what I was th- hoping was going to pop up. So I would think, oh, exactly. you know. And so, um, I, and I talked to some fans, too, who were feeling the same way. So, uh, yeah, try to do way too much. Um, you know, uh, it, it, I'm going to compare apples to apples from a standpoint of Marvel to DC um, because they're both, they, they both should be able to do the same kinds of things on film and do it well. So Marvel played the whole Avengers thing well as far as the way they planted the seed because they did these standalone films, several standalone films leading up to it, several. And in each of them were kind of their self-contained uh, piece that you knew was part of the puzzle, and um, and I feel like you know the only the only uh, DC uh, part of the puzzle was Man of Steel, and to me that wasn't enough. And then all of a sudden you automatically throw in Justice League Light, which is what this was, 
Um, it just, to me, it just, it didn't work. It needed a few more films before you got to this point. And that's just, that's just my thought on that matter. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. Everything you said, absolutely. But, you know, yeah, it's, so. it's going to, um, I'll be interested to see what the other films in the franchise will do. Wonder Woman, uh, they've moved up the release date to that. Uh, it's it's going to be uh, early June instead of late June uh, next year. Uh, that so it doesn't compete against um, what like another Transformers film or uh, or some other film um, that's a huge film they don't want to uh, compete against and so they're gonna gonna move that up, which is a good thing for uh, for Wonder Woman. Um, they'll you know they'll they'll make some make some money on that. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, you know it's been a long time since uh, we had seen a Wonder Woman. We've never seen a Wonder Woman on the big screen, and uh, you know you and I go back to the Linda Carter days. But there were actually there was actually a Wonder Woman on TV even before that that uh, I didn't even know about. I hadn't even done my my fanboy research until recently. And uh, Kathy Lee Crosby, I think is who oh, it yeah. was, uh, had done a, a Wonder Woman movie in '74. Yeah, I remember so, that. Yeah, um, I saw that when I was a kid. I got yeah. duped into it. I think because. Uh, I think some local station ran that to capitalize in on the uh, the success of the Linda Carter show, and I, right. I thought it was a Linda Carter movie. Yeah, and I yeah. Got duped as a kid and watched that. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember it. Yes, I do. <clears throat> well, tell so. me, what do you think is um, what do you think is going to happen with uh, with the DC universe uh, after this? After this kind of mixed bag. Well, I I think they may. You know, because, I mean, I guess ultimately the film is going to be financially successful. Uh, I I don't think it's the roaring success they had expected, but I think it's going to be successful enough for them to move along to the next level instead of, you know, the backup plan was if this failed, they were going to do a standalone Batman film. Right, Uh, right. But I think they're going to move on to Justice League, I think, after this, like they've talked about. And one of the big problems, one of the big complaints is that Zack Zach Snyder's direction. I mean, people are, that's one of the big complaints. And they've hired him to direct the Justice League, yeah. the first Justice League movie. Yeah. So here we yeah. go again. So, you know, I, I guess they're, they're sticking with their with their boy there. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I... I I, I don't know. That's. I think they should try some. I think what they're doing, like say with the uh, Star Wars films, uh, trying different directors, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For instance, with the the second installment, in, you know, Episode Eight of the Star Wars series, they're do, they've got Ryan Johnson in there. Yeah. Yeah. And then they've yep. got um, yep. the guy from uh, Colin Trevorrow from the the Jurassic Park film. He's gonna he's gonna helm the the not Episode Nine. So. I think it's good to mix it up. You get somebody in there, and, who, and then they just keep bringing the same thing to the plate every single time. I don't necessarily think that's a good idea. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm I, I'm kind of mixed on that. I think it depends on the success of it. I mean, I think Joss Whedon, um, there's a, a special stylistic thing when a Joss Whedon directs something, and if you have him be involved at least uh, in a sequel to a particular franchise, uh, it makes sense. But, uh, well, yeah, but, you know, I'll give you that. Yeah. But with, uh, you know, with Zack Snyder, I mean, it is it is a mixed thing with him. I mean, there are some things that that visually I did like. Like I said, the, uh, uh, you know, some of the set design I thought was, was well done. Um, but but overall, I, I didn't feel any of the chemistry at all between the Lois Lane and Clark. Um, I, I thought that uh, the Superman should have been the bigger man uh, and, and, and stop, you know, quit the fight before it ever began. I mean, he, he was having these issues with, uh, with the, you know, with this dark night in Gotham 
yeah. evidently for a while. You know, he should have just tracked him down and said, look, hey, can we, can we talk through what your issues are? Let's, let's, let's talk through this. I mean, you know, Superman's supposed to be that kind of guy. But he doesn't. Yeah. You know, he doesn't. He lets himself be manipulated uh, into doing something he doesn't want to do. And it's, uh, you know, it really is a kind of a chess, um, a chess match uh, that's going on. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, think, uh, I think Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, I really liked him for the first three quarters of the movie. Um, I liked what he was bringing to the Luthor character. And then I got really um, annoyed with him. Um, and, and I don't know what it was, but, but I got annoyed with him after a while. Well, the complaint I've been hearing from a lot of people is he's, he's just he, he's playing that one note that Jesse Eisenberg plays, and he's just playing it over and over again till it becomes repetitive. I mean, yep. he's he's basically playing um, Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> as, yes. a, as a villain in a, in a uh, yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Film. you're exactly think, right yeah and that's and, you know and, and you to know, me and he's, he's kind of a one trick pony. I hate yeah. to say it, I'm starting yeah. to see his range is not that wide. Yeah. Well, you know, and I felt the same way in watching him uh, last year in uh, in End of Tour. Um, right. Uh, you know, it was a it was a good film, and uh, I think I think what where Eisenberg succeeds is he's able to uh, whenever he del- delivers dialogue, it, it feels real. Um, it, it feels like it's just you know it's some guy talking, it's some guy just hanging out with you. It doesn't feel forced, um, which is fine. But you're right. You know, where's the range in that? Um, when it's the same kind of delivery, the same kind of stuff, the same kind of uh, emotion. And, uh, you know, I mean, Luther's a madman, and uh, he, he definitely showed that aspect of it, but that was, that was obvious from the beginning that he was just, you know, uh, uh, kind of a nuts, a nuts uh, wonder kid who, who had a lot of money and uh, could do whatever he wanted to do. Um, yeah. So we'll, 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 we'll see what happens, but uh, it's still a lot to talk about. I mean, we, I know we've spent you know, 13 minutes talking about it, but, um, <laughs> but it's, it's something worthy of, of discussion, especially, as we said, as uh, you know, the superhero genre or the comic book uh, you know, superhero franchise genre is not going anywhere. It's going to be around for quite a while, and for you know, the next four or five months, we're going to have uh, one of these films every single month uh, coming up. The next yeah. one is uh, Captain America Civil War. Which uh, is actually uh, the Avengers uh, two point two point one, um, and so we'll we'll see uh, see what that holds. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see what they're going to do with that because it's uh, it's going to be changing the course uh, of the Marvel uh, Marvel franchise uh, of superhero films as well. So interesting to yep. see there. Interesting to see. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Bat- Batman vs Superman uh, was number one last weekend, as I said for the for the second week in a row, but a huge drop. Uh, Zootopia was um, was the uh, I think number two. Um, let me look at let me pull that, that chart up real quick. Um, make sure I'm getting it right. Yes, yeah, Zootopia was number two. That's continuing to do really well. Uh, over two hundred, almost two hundred eighty million dollars um, uh, total gross so far. And uh, my big fat Greek wedding uh, was number three last weekend. Uh, once again, uh, you know, a, a film that's doing uh, doing pretty decent. Uh, added more mm-hmm. theaters last weekend. Uh, it was down, but it's not one of these films. Uh, it's a romantic comedy. It's uh, this time of year. You're not going to see that uh, going up much. And then uh, debuting at number four, God's Not Dead Two, and then Miracles from Heaven was five uh, last weekend. Well, Adam, what else do you want to spend some time making sure we uh, get to cover uh, this week, buddy? Uh, besides, well, we... bes- besides the uh, Rogue One trailer, talking about Star Wars, you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Well, that's big news. Uh, we can talk about a couple of uh, discs that have come down the pike here lately. Yeah, uh, go for it, buddy. If you 
going to talk about some Blu-rays that's come out in the last several weeks. Uh, we always try to talk about the t- Twilight Time uh, titles because they're always of interest because they they license these uh, titles from uh, the studios that nobody else seems to be interested in issuing, which is kind of a bummer. And uh, but uh, these titles are interesting as always. These are the ones that arrived in uh, about two weeks ago, I think. And they've issued Exodus, if you remember that, from 1960 with uh, Paul Newman. And um, this is the first time, this is a three-hour and 28-minute film. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a long one. With Paul Newman, Eva Marie Saint, and it's about the uh, establishment of the State of Israel in 1948. And this, this movie ties into current things because the movie Trumbo is about you know with Brian Cranston the Oscar nominated film is is about Brian Cran I mean uh, Dalton Trumbo's breaking through the blacklist and getting his career back on track after uh, the Hollywood directors uh, well Kirk Douglas and Otto Preminger were the two who uh, decided to break the blacklist and this is the film one of those two films the other one's Spartacus this is the other film that he wrote that uh, allowed him to break that blacklist. It was Exodus, so it's worth mentioning for that, and um, uh, looks gorgeous on uh, Blu-ray, it's in Super Panavision 70, it was filmed in, and uh, has um, a six-track audio, six-track stereo audio track that has never been issued on video, so uh, that's kind of interesting, so... So if you if you got some time and you, you want to catch up with uh, Exodus, it's gonna you have to block out an afternoon, but it's 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 worth it. It's it's uh it's not I'm not gonna tell you it's the most earth shattering film that I've ever seen. It it moves in fits and starts, but it it has its moments. It's definitely great to look at, and and the the audio is track is nice. And so uh, Richard Attenborough, you know, was a director mostly, but he did act in some films, and he made a a film where he played a. Uh, I'm a serial killer in 1971 called Ten Rillington Place. He's really creepy in that film. And uh, John Hurt's also in the film, and they put that one out, too. That's another one. It's directed by Richard Fleischer, who also made Soylent Green and The Jazz Singer with uh, Neil Diamond. And he also directed uh, The Boston Strangler, which I personally love. And uh, Ten Rillington Place was one of his other films, so that's worth mentioning alexander the great and no i'm not talking about the one with oliver stone all right <laughs> I'm talking about the uh, 1956 robert rawson uh robert rawson who was the same director who made uh, the hustler and he also did a version of alexander the great with richard burton frederick march and claire bloom so that's out and uh, anastasia is another one the original 1956 anastasia with uh, helen hayes and um uh Brenner and ingrid bergman so that's another one. And Lilies of the Field, which, of course, was the movie that um, uh, the first time an, uh, an Academy Award was given to an African-American in the lead as a Best Actor uh, Oscar. And Sidney Poitier got the Oscar for this film where um, he's uh, a handyman who helps a group of immigrant nuns build a chapel, basically. And uh, the story's kind of it's kind of very low-key, and it's got a good performance, I, I think, he probably was more deserving of that award for some other films, but at least he finally got it for Lilies of the Field. So if you haven't uh, ever seen that performance that led to his getting that Oscar, that's worth it for sure. And uh, another title that might be of interest to our listeners is uh, Twi- uh, Criterion, 
uh, back in March, they issued uh, the Les Blank, the famous documentarian, had made a film about Leon Russell in 1974. He filmed him between 1972 and 1974 and never never released this film because uh, Leon Russell didn't like it, basically. <laughs> and, and so Criterion, um, well, they finally came to an agreement. Uh, Les Blank's son and Leon Russell came to an agreement they've issued. It's called A, a Poem is a Naked Person. And uh, it also has George Jones in it and Willie Nelson, and it's kind of interesting to watch them during this uh, this time in the early 70s. Uh, but actually, the, the movie's kind of, um, it's 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 a little offbeat. If you know anything about Les Blank, his style is, is kind of, can be a little off-putting at times. But if nothing else, the, the, the Blu-ray is worth it for the extras. The extras are terrific, especially if you're a Leon Russell fan and he participates uh and quite a few of the documentaries and interviews on the extras there. So, so anyway, it, it's it's curious to see a film that was um, held back for 41 years before it was finally issued, <laughs> and now it has been. <laughs> okay. So, there you go. Those are those are a few things that have come down the pike in the last couple of weeks. And of course, some some of the newer titles are Sisters and Daddy's Home and The Big Short. They all came down the pike as well. Uh, couple uh, over the uh, the previous weeks since we've been gone and Macbeth the new version of Macbeth so so uh so there you go there's a few blu-rays worth mentioning and um in this uh of course we could talk about a few uh, people who have passed on Patty Duke yes yes that yeah you know uh, for some reason I was thinking she was actually older than uh, she was 69 but I was thinking she was actually older than that I know, seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's been around since, uh, oh, well, since we were kids, you know, I mean, before that. But, right. Um, yeah, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I really thought she was older than that. Yeah. And it's interesting that her uh, ex husband, John Aston, is uh, still around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He, he turned 86 the day after she died, which is kind of interesting. Um, but, yeah, she had an interesting career. I mean, started out with uh, The Miracle Worker. Uh, you know, very critically acclaimed film with with her and uh, she co-starred there and uh, with Anne Bancroft and of course went on to do the Patty Duke TV show. I think she had some interesting film appearances over the years. One of my favorites was a horror film from 1972 called You'll Like My Mother, where uh, she plays this uh, recently widowed um, woman who's uh, pregnant. She's uh, she's pregnant and she decides to go and visit the. Uh, her ex, her deceased husband's family, whom she's never met, and one, and they live up in the uh, the northeast, and it's really snowy, it's cold and bitter, and she gets there and and realizes why he kept her away from them, <laughs> because they're basically a bunch of psychopaths, and uh, you get to see Richard Thomas play uh, play play a a killer. Uh, yeah. Richard Thomas from the the Walton. Yeah, John Boy. So, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of interesting. So uh, anyway, that's coming out on Blu-ray in May. So ironically timed, you know, not I'm sure not on purpose, but uh, now that she's gone, it's one that people should seek out. And speaking of uh, Richard Thomas, let's not forget that Earl Hamner died. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So uh, he's he's another one. Um, great Earl Hamner. Of course, we know him. Most people know him from his. You know, of course, creating the TV series The Waltons and Falcon Crest, but uh, a couple of film credits credits there too. Uh, Spencer's Mountain with Henry Fonda is one of them, and that's kind of where he you know got started. But he was he was 92, and uh, he had quite a quite a quite a colorful career there, quite a long career I would say. So uh, 
those are a few, uh, and of course we've lost another one in the music world this week with uh, with Merle Haggard, yeah. of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not much of a connection to the film world, but yeah. uh, but we've uh, it's it's been quite a couple of well ken howard is another one that passed since we last talked uh, forgot about him he was president of the screen actors guild and uh was in the white shadow television series when you and i were coming up in the world but he was in a lot of films too including recently the uh, the last rambo film he was a, a missionary in that film that uh, rambo had to rescue when they were in, he was in, trapped in burma with a bunch of uh people uh, that he had in a boat or something. Yeah, anyway. yeah, I remember yeah. him being in that. So, yeah. Yeah, you, know, you had mentioned uh, John Aston also. You know, can't forget uh, Sean Aston, who is the son of Patty Duke and uh, John Aston, who is uh, still in uh, doing in the film world today. Uh, still doing uh, doing a lot of work, and uh, he's he's had uh, had a lot of success. You know, I mean, he was uh, he got a lot of people's eye in the movie Rudy. And then uh, once the uh, you know the Lord of the Rings uh, franchise came out, uh, he he became uh, heavily involved uh, in that throughout uh, throughout right. that series. So uh, yeah, that's uh, Sean Aston, John Aston, mm-hmm. and Patty Duke's mm-hmm. uh, son. Uh, well, man, yep. we we've got about five minutes. Um, I know that you got a chance to do a a preview screening of the Boss. Am I right? Yes, I did. Let, let's get your thoughts on it. I, I actually I stayed away from it uh, on purpose. Uh, it's one of those that uh, my wife and daughter are very excited to see because they like uh, Melissa McCarthy. I, I, I'm uh, sometimes I like her, sometimes I hate her. Um, but for this particular uh, film, I saw the uh, the trailers. I said, you know, I think I'll wait on this one. I'm not going to go rush out and, and see this one early. But let me get your thoughts on the boss. Well, you know, my, my opinion on Melissa McCarthy is that she's best in small doses. I, I like her when she's a supporting actress like she was in uh, Bridesmaids or even in St. Vincent with Bill Murray. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a pretty decent performance. But when she's front and center, it's it's usually just a little bit too much for my taste buds. Uh, spy, however, changed my opinion on that from last year. That was a really funny movie, really good spy spoof. The jokes worked, everything clicked perfect vehicle for her probably the best thing she's done since uh she burst onto the scene as a major uh, uh, uh as a major force after bridesmaid that's probably the best film she she has turned out and i thought well maybe uh, the quality is coming up with her films and so i was curious to see where this one went but this may be the worst thing she's done i think wow uh since bridesmaids um and uh, the only one that would compete with it would be tammy and what do those two movies have in common? They're both directed by her husband, Bill Fal- Ben Falcone. Okay. Who okay. has no sense of comedic timing. All the jokes land with a deadening thud. Uh, there is one amusing sequence in the middle of the movie. It's kind of given away in the trailers where they get into a fight with a bunch of Girl Scouts. But it's the flimsiest plot you've ever seen in your life. Her, this character of hers is the motivational speaker, and she gets sent to prison for insider training, and then she... Insider trading, I mean, and she comes out of prison, and she she decides she wants to rebuild her life, so she gets her old assistant played by Kristen Bale, and they decide to go into the brownie baking business and compete with Girl Scouts. Yes, you heard that right. And it just is not funny at all. I mean, the jokes were just, they were, it, it's, and the movie is, it's, it's like, a, it's one of these films, you and I have talked about it before, where they have, you know, it's more like a skit looking for a film. Yeah, and yep, yep. that's essentially what it is. She's a character looking for for a movie to inhabit, and there isn't one. And so, uh, not not too good. 
So, uh, All right, what rating, anyway, I, what rating are you going to give the boss? That's what I was going to say. I, I'll give it a D plus. Wow. All right. One, D- yeah, it's really, really bad. So. D plus. And I also saw, saw I Saw the Light, the, uh, the biopic of Hank Williams. Yes. I saw that, and we'll briefly uh, touch base on that one. Uh, probably one of the worst biopics I've ever seen, to be wow. honest. Um, wow. This is a film that I've hoped they would make for years and years, because the only biopic of Hank Williams was uh, Your Cheating Heart with George Hamilton from 64. And that one was a little safe and sanitized. I thought, well, you know, with today's modern uh, the loosening of the ratings code and all that, we could see a really good warts and all biopic of Hank Williams. Uh, Biopics usually go one or two ways. They're usually dramatizing the salacious elements of a person's life, or they're either showing you the creative process. This film does neither. Uh, For a guy who's as legendary of an alcoholic as he was, you see no scenes in the film of him crashing cars or wow. getting crazy drunk. You don't see any of that. His death is not even dramatized in the film. And a second-hand character announces his death from the stage of the place he was supposed to be the day he died. Uh, you don't see any him writing any songs. You see some performing of the songs, but you don't see any. Get, don't get any peeks into the creative process. I don't know why they made this film. I have no idea. It, it's it's befuddling to me. So anyway, uh, Tom Hiddleston, he looks like him, but his accent comes and goes, which is distracting. So uh, I'd give it a C-. minus. Okay, C-, minus. the name of the film? Yeah, so name there of the, you go. name of the film was uh, I Saw the Light. I Saw the Light, yes. All right, and uh, we, did, we did not uh, mention uh, Batman, Superman. Uh, what was your rating for that? Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a C+. Plus, I okay. guess I'll, I'll give it a C+. Plus. Yeah, yeah and I, I gave it a B-. Minus. I thought it was uh, it was good, but n- not great. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm, it was interesting because my son Thomas was with me, and before I gave any kind of uh, feeling for how I felt, I kind of turned to him uh, and said, okay, Thomas, you know, what are your thoughts? He's like, oh, uh, well. And, when, and enough for him to say, oh, well, I knew that he did not love it. And, yeah, uh, right. And he was, he was right there with me. He said, Dad, it was just, it was right, okay. Yeah. It was an right. okay film, but um, you know, it, it sure wasn't what uh, what it could have been, and it sure didn't meet the expectations of uh, of what many people had. I'm like, okay, well, you nailed it. Good job, junior uh, junior film critic. Good job. Man. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, yep. well, Adam Long, thanks for your time, buddy. As always, we appreciate it when we get a chance to chat. Uh, I'm Noel Manning, and uh, AdamsFocusNewspaper.com is where you can find out more information about him and check out his reviews. Mm-hmm. Website here is WGWG.org. Um, you can actually look for the uh, Cinema Scene link from there and find all of our archive shows, which will take you to SoundCloud.com. But they're all available if you just go to WGWG.org. Until next time, I'm Noel Manning. That's Adam Long. And for Gardner Web University Radio, that is a wrap. <laughs>